Hey, greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and I have an awesome guest today. His name is Luke Palmer. He's been a four-time pro, a four-year pro, um, going into his fifth year now on the Bassmaster Elite Tournament. He got a start um, in the 2018 Bassmaster Central Open, and he had a really strong start with top uh, three top 20 finishes in 2019. Since that, he's added about five top 20s, including third place, at the 2020 NOCO Bassmaster Elite at Gunnersville. Um, along with that, he has career winnings of $400,000, which is insane. So how you doing, Luke? Doing well, doing well. How are you, bud? I'm doing good, man. Um, I appreciate you joining us today. And, you know, I've, on this podcast, I've had, I've interviewed a couple of bass professionals and in the Bassmaster Elite Tournament. And the first question I always like asking is, what got you started into professional bass fishing? What was that one thing that really put you in place to kind of succeed in this industry? Uh, you know, I never really, honestly, I never thought I'd make it to this level. Um, I, I'm just, I just never thought that. Um, I thought really fishing team terms with my dad was going to be my sole purpose in life. Um, you know, I had a good buddy of mine. He said, hey, fish opens just one time. Just try it. And, and uh, which I did in 15 and things didn't line up. God said, hey, this is not the right timing for you. And I was like, it hurt because, I mean, I was I was already trying to figure out how I was supposed to come up with money to fish the elites in 15 because I had I, I had a good year. Um but it wasn't as tiny, which was good. But uh, I was very fortunate enough. I won the ABA national championship there, and I guess it's 18, 19, whatever it was. And uh, that really progressed me, the money to be able to go do it. Because um, you know as well as I do, everything's expensive. And uh, But I just, my timing was everything. Um, if I'd have made it in 15, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Um, I just, I was not mentally ready for that. So, you know, all the glory goes to God on that. Because if not, we, I'd probably been struggle busting right now. So everything kind of lined <laughs> up into that perfect storm for you to just kind of take off, it did. Um, which is really cool. And, you know, who, who are some of your mentors along the way that kind of helped push you um, to just get better each day? And even when you're out there fishing, maybe it's someone on a tour, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's someone in your family. You know, my dad was always my main one. Uh, he pushed me mm -hmm. to the limits all the time. I mean, not, not in a bad way. Um, it was good though, because, it made me pretty good, humble person. You know, I could, I could score 30 points one night and have 20 steals and he'd be like, well, why'd you let that guy score, you know, and a layup at this time through the game, which was good because it always allowed me to not get out of my head, you know, get in my own head. So, um, it made me a better person, made me a stronger mental person. And, uh, and him, he, he made me learn it the hard way. Whenever I was 11 starting tournaments, uh, he would, the first year he would kind of make, he would kind of make the decision, still run the trolling motor about half the time. When I turned 12, he was like, your turn, buddy. And uh, he would run us, you know, we still had takeoffs then. Uh, and we'd run to the first spot. And after that, I had made all the decisions, run the trolling motor, ran the boat, done everything. And by God, we got our ass kicked <laughs> a lot. Uh, but, you know, it was a good learning experience for me. Um, it, because if not, I, I think it would have took away from what I have now. Um, because I mean, I'm probably the worst person on live because I don't catch a ton of fish, you know, Champlain, I might catch a few fish, but everywhere else, it seems like I'm getting five to nine, 10 bites a day. And I'm like, woohoo, you know, cause that's impressive to me, but I definitely looked up to my dad. I watched Edwin Evers, 
uh, Christy, which I'm having a fish against him now, which isn't near as fun as it is watching him on TV. You know? <laughs> uh, but I really respect those guys. I've watched them. I've kind of, I, if you watch me and Christy fish, you probably see a lot of the same baits and a lot of the same rod and reels and everything sitting on our decks the most time. Cause we, we all, we kind of line up together as far as sponsorship wise too. So it's pretty cool to be able to go do stuff with him. You know, we shoot some film together and, and uh, it's, it's very interesting watching him go. Oh man, I believe it. And you kind of hinted at one of the questions I was going to ask you here is the, um, the whole thing with Lake Champlain. I saw it on your uh, profile that that's kind of like your hotspot. That's where you like to fish. What really separates that lakes from other lakes that you fish on tour? You know, I don't know. Whenever I first got on that lake, I think it took me about a day of practice. And the second day of practice, it, the first year we fished, which a couple of years ago, it was the year that Polinick won. And, uh, and I pulled up out there on my first spot, and I look over about 50 yards from me, old Paul, and here comes his big entourage. And, of course, it's Paul, and he, he's like, what are you doing out here? And that year we caught him out pretty deep, you know, and at 18 to 26. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it was really – I had a lot of fun on that. Like, once once you get on some type of pattern, you can just thrash them. I mean, it's – you know, it's that 20 to possible 100 fish a day lake. And uh, it's – it's and, gosh, it, the last time we were there, I learned a lot, learned a lot more, um, ex- expanding myself, even though if you go back and you can watch, I got stuck on Gilligan's Island. Um, I ran my boat on the deepest entire lake in the nation, and I found a sandbar in six inches water, and I sat on it for eight hours. Um, so that was that was interesting. That was an expensive, uh, one of those expensive lessons that I learned. But that lesson I learned, you know, we talked about God's plan and stuff. If I would have not had that happen to me, I found the spot that I ended up sitting on for three days, two hours prior to that. And if I'd have ran through and I'd have found this other stuff, you know, who knows, you know, I might've, you know, I, maybe not, I would have ran, found something else and been done, but I sat on pretty much three or two spots for three days and just tormented the heck out of them. Small man. <laughs> God, it was just hammered. Oh, it was, it was dumb. They would just come out and grows. I mean, I had a couple of wads that were anywhere from 30 to 80 fish. It was stupid. I mean, just absolutely stupid. So, oh my gosh! So in that, that situation, there's, there's there's that many fish in there, right? That situation. Oh, what do you oh, what are you throwing to just one after the other? Just get them. You know, I, I'm very I'm a very simple person. I don't. I mean, you can go. I have all my tackle and my phoenix right there in my middle box. I don't have a bunch of extra stuff ever. I mean, I got two or three colors that I throw predominantly. And uh, I throw the warning shot a lot, and that's what I was catching a ton of them. Probably 80% of them was on a warning shot. I had a few on a jerk bait and a few on a hair jig, but it was, I mean, I would sit there with that scope and just scope them out and just throw it up there to them. And, and it's like, oh, I've never seen that before. And they'd come 30 feet to hit it. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah, and when smallmouth get riled up, it gets real fun. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's, Lake, it's Lake, I fished Lake of an item in, and they, it gets unbelievable out there. I want, I've never, I went last year, they were having the open there in between one of our tournaments right before, so I guess it had been St. Lawrence. And I went up there and I just, I had to get something, uh, the service guys to look at something for me. So I swung by there and uh, I actually had, I ate lunch there on the shores, wherever it was at. And uh, it looked good. Like it looked real good. And I wanted to go, but, you know, I'm not going to get out there in the middle of a tournament going on, especially, you know, open and stuff. But I wanted to, but I knew at 200, those were 200, 220 boats on that lake. It would have been pretty packed. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Um, funny story about the first time I went up to Lake Oneida. Um, went up there with me and my dad, just a little family trip, just to have fun. And we launched the boat the one day in the morning. We fished basically all day. We stopped to go get something to eat. And we're looking, we're looking outside the bar because the bar's right on the water there. And we see a bunch of cigarette boats driving out to the main part of the lake. And we're like, what is going on here? Next thing you know, we get in our, uh, our 19 foot bass boat, get in it, go out to the main part of the lake. And I see 200, I kid you not, 200 cigarette boats coming at me this way. Dude, it was, it was terrifying. Yeah, we, we, we looked at it. We went all slow all around the bank because they are just ripping by it. It's, it was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, and six foot swells at you everywhere. Yeah, that's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> And we're we're getting chopped around. And my dad, my dad's looking across the lake. He goes, "Why don't we go fish over there?" I'm like, "Dad, I'm not cutting between these boats. Like we're we're done. That's it. That's it." Oh. We launched the boat, and that was it. But nah, that's like good it. stuff there. And um, oh yeah. So one one of your favorite techniques that I know, actually, one of the videos I saw on your Facebook page, you caught a huge bass on this technique. It's the flipping and the pitching of the jig. Um, do you know what video I'm hitting at there? It was a recent post of you. It was like you were ranked number one. Um, oh, like the biggest oh, it's St. T. It's St. T. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah, I was actually, I was throwing a woolly bug, but I mean, I was still flipping. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a, I think Oklahoma, I think that's, that it looks like that's all we know how to do in Oklahoma. Everybody that comes out of here, you got Biffle, Christy, Edwin, you know, everybody that's kind of come out of here is like shallow water, you know, and, uh, and that's what I've grown up doing. Uh, so, getting to do something like at Santee, what I did was unbelievably fun. You know, I mean, whenever you're just jacked out of your gourd the whole time you're doing it, because you don't know what's going to happen if it's a two pounder, a four pounder or a dang nine pounder like that one was. It was, that was, what was really cool about that though, is I had just caught like a seven and a half and the camera boat pulls up on me and which I had a camera with me, but I had bad service and that little section that, that I was catching them out of was terrible. His signal was terrible. And I was just, I was thrashing, man. It was like every other tree, there'd be two or three on each tree. And, and, uh, the camera boat pulled up, pulled up on me and his Kyle, Jesse, one of the good buddies. And he's a photographer for bass. I said, man, you just missed it. I just caught a seven and a half. He's like, gosh, dang, we'll catch a nine or a 10. I was like, and a boat ran by a little section of trees that I caught like a six or seven in practice. And I said, and he went by them. I was like, Phew that was lucky I didn't expect to go over there and he's like 20 foot from me I'm talking to him and I catch that giant and I pulled it around there on the side of the boat and it just it just worked out and I was able to hold it up to him and he got a two-page cover in Bassmaster with that picture so that was that was like the icing on the cake for me when your good buddy gets it and like get to you know all of it goes together it was it was unbelievable you know and get to do it I got to crack them with a falcon rod that I've Growing up fishing with and get to hit them, and it was, it, it was, it was perfect. It'd have been more perfect if I'd have caught thirty-five the next day and uh, won the tournament. But you know, if I can, if I can get in the top five in the tournament against these guys anytime, I'm I'm tickled to death with it. It's awesome, and I love the story behind the background of that catch because a lot of the times, you know, fishing people or people that are in the fishing content, they'll see something like that and be like, they don't understand the entire scope of everything that happened. It's cool that you all, you laid it out perfectly there. Yeah, um, I will link, that video will be linked at the bottom here too, for all the listeners that want to go check out that, um, that catch. It's an awesome catch. Highly recommend it. It's the number one on the video. So I'll link that here at the bottom too, of this podcast. 
Yeah, um, I don't think I could have hit that fish any harder either. Yeah, I crammed. I crammed her. <laughs> you smoked that rod was was bending, man. But it oh. held up. That thing. Yeah, it, it was fun. You know, everybody. You know, everybody expects you to be flipping with 25, 30, 40 pound braid. I actually caught her on 18 pound test and I hit her that hard. So, you know, Sunline, def like the Sunline guy texted me and was like, hey, did you really catch her on 18 or you just, I said, no. I said, he said, dang, you might want to ease up on them. I said, well, if I have to worry about my line breaking, I, I'm in the wrong business. And uh, so Sunline's definitely props to them. Shout out to Sunline, man. That's awesome. I love it. Little plug there. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about what you do behind the scenes of fishing um, and a little bit of your life. So what I understand is that you work on your dad's farm and you guys also have um, a couple other stuff going on. So why don't you just fill the listeners in kind of what your day to day looks like like here? Um, you know, I mean, it. I, we're from a small town, obviously, you know, there's less than like thirty five hundred people here and uh, we've had a hardware store in the family for ever seems like you know i think it's in the 40s from when we had the store um so it's just me my dad my uncle now in the store um, and then obviously we have our hands that work for us and stuff um you can look in the background that's where i'm at right now uh we get off work here we work we open the doors at eight but you don't get here at eight you know it's a seven seven fifteen every morning and uh, we close at five get off at five thirty six, and then get out of here and i don't live at just a couple miles from my dad and uh, so when i'm home my butt's down there helping him, you know, whether if it's, you know, every night when now we're feeding cattle till seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Um, and then, and then on the weekends, I don't fish much during the weekends because, or, you know, during the winter, I try to go a little bit if we have some good weather, but it's normally fixing fence, putting out more hay, working on stuff, you know, typical kind of your farm type deal. Uh, I do get to hunt a little bit. It's, I almost kind of feel bad to be going and hunting because I'm a quarter, half mile from dad's house. And I'm thinking all the things I should be doing since I'm off, you know, off work. Cause essentially it's daylight's dark this time of year. You know, yeah. it gets daylight at six thirty-seven, gets dark at six, you know? So it's the only time I see daylight's when I go out to lunch right now, you know? So <laughs> it's, it makes for a, it makes for an interesting day, but you know, that's what I have to do to survive on the leads. You know, I had extra pocket cash makes a big difference. I mean, my sponsors help out me help out tremendously. But, you know, this is something that it, it would be hard for me to let it go. You know, I mean, I know dad and them need to retire and go enjoy life because they've been here for 38 and 40 years. So it's so I don't know. It's one of them deals. It's I'd hate to see it go, but this fishing deal is starting to get a lot of fun. <laughs> it might be stressful. <laughs> but it sure is fun. That's nah, a, it's a good family connection there, though. You seem right. like a genuine guy, and, you know, family's the most important thing, too. So. 100%. 100%. I mean, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for them, I mean, they've supported me day one. I mean, this is, you know, I always go with the term, don't bite the hand that feeds you. You know, I had an opportunity in 15 after just barely missing the leads in 16 and going to fish and opens again, and we had some things happen around the store, and I said, I'm not going to leave the store. You know, we we're going to be shorthanded if I went and done those tournaments. I know it was only three, but it, they were kind of, you know, we're March, April, May, June. We're really busy. You know, everybody's getting out doing yard work and lawnmowers and stuff. So, and I couldn't do that to us. And, uh, of course, we hired a hand or two right after the cutoff for getting in the lit or the opens. And, but 
like I said, I, I, if I couldn't fish all three, I wasn't going to just go fish, you know, and I wish I would have just for more of experience, but you know, it was good for me because I fished uh, ABAs that year, you know, and everything snowballed into where it's supposed to. So I'm not going to complain at all about it. Uh, everything happens for a reason. That's uh, that's something that I've always lived by and everyone kind of around me lives by too. So there's always a reason for everything. No for sure. So a few quick questions here. I just like to get general, um, general thoughts here. What's your PV bass either in a tournament or just fishing in fun? What's uh, what's the biggest bass you caught? My biggest largemouth is uh, it was eleven and three quarters. Um, I caught it back in high school, actually. Uh, nice. Smallmouth. I've had some in between the six and a half to almost seven pound range, um, so that it's hard to say. I know I've caught a six and a half pound smallmouth is in a tournament because they weighed it for big bass and it wasn't big bass. So, uh, but six and a half to seven pounds right in there for the smallies. And heck, that was in Oklahoma. You know, I didn't even catch it up north. So, yeah, we got some giants around here. I mean, I think the state record in Oklahoma is like eight and a half, something like that. Maybe it may be a little bigger than that. So, I mean, we got some gorillas, but you don't catch as many of them, you know, obviously. But you find them, they're fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an insane smallmouth. I wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Like a football. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the initial when the guy broke the record in Oklahoma the first time, he caught like an eight one and an eight three or an eight two and an eight three in the same day in the tournament. Yeah, that's what I just said too. I've been like, well, I'm ready to go. Oh, that's yeah, a, yeah <laughs> that's what I said. That's yeah, about so, it. <laughs> oh, you? He had big bass. <laughs> I mean, and I think I think he had like twenty four pounds and four fish. So I mean, but when you have two eights, that really doesn't take near as much to get to twenty. But it. Yeah, he had like three smallmouth and a little low two-pound largemouth. He had like an eight, eight, and a six, and then a two-pound largemouth or something. That's been – that was before A-rigs were even going, so that tells you how long ago it was. But Wow. Yeah. Oh, I miss. That's, um, that's a crazy bag for sure. Oh, eight, yeah. eight, six, and two. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, cool, man. Um, I appreciate it talking to you. Um, Luke. And it's one of the things I always like to do at the end of these podcasts to kind of give you the platform to be able to shout out anything that you kind of are working on now. So why don't you tell our listeners, um, you know, your social media channels and then plug anything that you kind of want to plug here. Hey, you know, I mean, obviously I've got, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, that's all under Luke Palmer fishing. Um, that's kind of getting going and I've got a little something in the works coming up. I'm actually going to get a YouTube started. Um, that's going to, I mean, my guy, he's getting it going now, and he's actually traveled with me, a good buddy, Aaron. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because me and him click really well. He actually has come up, and uh, they have their own uh, hunting show, Breaking Point TV. So he comes down. He actually shot a deer a couple of weeks ago down here. So it was it was cool. I got, you know, being on the tracking and helping him out. So that's it's a lot of fun. So I think it, it'll it be interesting. You'll get to see the, the, you know, a lot of people know the hardware life, Luke, but they don't know but you know what all it takes in the fishing industry um you know i do the camping deal so you'll get to you'll get to see start to finish and our 30-hour drive everywhere we go it seems like so it'll be interesting be a lot of i'm excited about it i mean i never ever thought about doing a youtube deal but he's been on my butt about it so we're gonna see how it goes and it'll be fun because he puts out some good content that's awesome and i will definitely link that into the description here so people can go check you out right when they see this video um, man, Luke, I appreciate it again. And 
you know, great insight that you gave to us today about, you know, catching fish and kind of behind the scenes about your life too, about God, about family and all that stuff. So it's great talking to you and, you know, hopefully down the road, we can kind of catch up and film another one of these. Sounds good, bud. I sure appreciate you. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel, on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well.